0: Today's episode of Carson Sack is brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. I am a huge Dunkin' Donuts guy. Dunkin' is greater than Starbucks. Yeah, I came out and said it. But, Dunkin's menu is full of great tasting items that will get you going and keep you running throughout your busy day. Plus, they're always made to order just the way you like it. You can find out if you can get Duncan delivered straight to your door through the new DoorDash delivery through the Duncan Donuts app. America runs on Duncan. Carson Karras runs on Duncan. Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls, runs on Duncan, as you should too. Hit that ish.
1: Sorry, I knew you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, see,
0: how do you pay man? Uh if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie Mama, there goes the Hello and welcome into Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls. This is episode 40, the big 4-0, Drake's right hand man, the man that leaked the information that Drake had a kid. It is that episode, episode 40. 40. Um, I'm going to get right out and tell you that it is a bit of a longer episode. Um, I just had an interview with one of my good friends, NBA fanatic, as he put it, as I put it, as you all will come to learn in the interview with Ryan Moore. It's about 41 minutes of good NBA talk that I'm excited I got to do. I'm going to get straight into that. That's going to be the first thing you all hear after this introduction. Then, going to talk college football, going to talk NFL, and then World Series, baby. We're doing the 9 for 9 and 9 challenge tonight. That's 9 hot dogs, 9 beers, and 9 innings of baseball. I'm going to give you all what that was like next week, and I'm going to try and get a huge interview with multiple people um, this coming weekend as I travel down to Danville Center College and talk to some of those guys, some of my good buddies down there. Hopefully they're up for it. Um, If they're listening to us, this is probably the first time they've heard it because I haven't brought it up to them, but they're good guys. They'll definitely do it. So right away, enough of me jibber-jabbering, but I do have to say, please, like, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Retweet the tweets that you see on your timeline about the podcast. Show it to your family and friends. Do anything you can to get Carson sack growing. Also, I'm going to do this early, and I'm also going to post it on my social medias as well. We are going to have, hopefully, a new segment um, next week called The Mail Sack. I am going to put up um, on Instagram and Twitter and anywhere else, Snapchat, everything. Um, a link or something where you can get a hold of me to ask me sports questions. They can be questions from throughout history, um... For this year, next year, 10 years down the line, uh, 10 years ago, I don't care. Just sports questions in general that you all have and would like answered. I'm going to try and get that going and have that be the mail sack segment. But enough of that. Let's get into this great NBA discussion with Ryan Moore. It is now time to talk NBA basketball here on Carson Sack. I had mentioned that I was going to bring in somebody um, for... This week's episode to talk about NBA because I know a okay amount about it, but I'm joined by Ryan Moore, NBA fanatic, someone that I live with that is one of, if not the biggest NBA fans that I know. So I wanted to bring him in. He knows the ins and outs, studies basketball, just knows it a lot better than I do, I will say. So wanted to bring him in, get his opinion on how the East and West is going to shape shape up throughout the season, the seeding for the playoffs, get uh, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defense Player of the Year, most improved, the awards that are going to be happening, and a NBA Finals prediction. So Ryan, just start off, give me a rundown of the teams in the East, maybe some notes about certain teams, players on certain teams to watch, things like that.
1: Thank you for having me, Carson, I appreciate it. Uh, for the East, my number one seed coming out of the East would have to be the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think their young core, along with Al Horford, are really going to do great things in the East now that LeBron's in the West. Uh, Number two, I have the Raptors. Uh, The addition of Kawhi Leonard is definitely going to be helpful for them. And Danny Green also, he can shoot the ball. And uh, the third seed, I would have to pick the 76ers. Their young core is also very good if they can stay healthy, especially Joel Embiid. Number four, I have the Indiana Pacers. I think o- Oladipo will bring them to the four seed. In the east, uh, fifth seed, I have the Milwaukee Bucks, led by Giannis Antetokounmpo. Number six, I have the Miami Heat. Number seven, John Wall and his Washington Wizards. And number eight, Kimball Walker and his Charlotte Hornets.
0: Okay, so I there we disagree on a couple things. The, I have the number one and number two seeds flipped. I have the Raptors and Celtics. Um, we already saw, we do have the benefit of the doubt, we're recording this after a week of the season has already gone on, and they've already had a head-to-head matchup between the Raptors and the Celtics, and the Raptors did end up getting the win in that game. Though, what I saw and I really liked is Kawhi is finally, it seems like, it
1: connects well with him.
0: Connects well with him, and it he doesn't smile or anything really, but he seems happy to be playing basketball again, which he hasn't gotten to do in a long time because of the issues and the drama and injuries in San Antonio. I just think the way that Kawhi blends with Kyle Lowry and everybody else on that team is just going to propel them and the Raptors to the number one seed. Um, the Celtics, they haven't a, had a full year, with this entire cast of Kyrie, Gordon Hayward, Tatum, um, Marcus Smart, Rozier, all playing together. And I mean, it's not, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem. But the way Brad Stevens is able to handle those minutes and playing guys in certain situations, um, especially down the stretch in the first game against the 76ers, the game that opened the NBA regular season, Kyrie wasn't playing down the stretch. It was Rozier. So it's going to be interesting to see how Stevens throughout the year continues to manage and blend rotations and matchups and things like that. But I have the Raptors Celtics 1-2 agreed with you on the 76ers. Um, the four seed for me in the East, I had the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think one of, obviously the Greek Freak. That's where you go when you talk about the Bucks. But it's the role players that they now have to lean on with Eric Bledsoe, um, Tony Snell coming off the bench, Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton. Um, guys, like the loss of Jabari Parker, who never really lived up to his potential. He was always kind of always too. yeah. Um, I but like I said, you always start with Giannis and everything when you talk about Milwaukee. I think he's gonna have uh, an amazing year, which is gonna put them, the Bucks, at the fourth seed. Um, the fifth seed, we switched with the Bucks and Pacers. I have the Pacers at the fifth seed. Um, I think the fifth seed is right where they're gonna be. I think they're just not an average team, but just like just a. Boring team. I mean, Oladipo, yeah, good. But, like, you're in Indiana. Oladipo is your superstar. And, like, yeah, he sings and everything. But he's not, like, this super charismatic guy or anything. Um, They just signed Miles Turner to a big contract. I definitely think that he was worth that. Yeah, he's good. Um, The sixth seed, you had the Heat. I had the Wizards. I think when Dwight Howard is finally Healthy, it's his ass, which is ridiculous to (laughs) me. And his back.
1: He's an old man.
0: Um, When Dwight Dwight Howard is able to play, I think that team will get a lot better, um, a lot more depth, and that will get them to the sixth seed. My seventh seed is the Detroit Pistons. Um, I like Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond, um, Reggie Jackson. I like those three guys together. And then my 8th seed in his final year, uh, Dwayne Wade, it's still technically his team, but they have other guys there now that are showing up and
1: keeping them competitive in games. So I'll take the Heat as the 8th seed. They do have like a lot of injuries right now, too. So once they bounce back, I think they could do something, do some damage in the East.
0: All right, so that's our one through eighth in the East. We move to the West now. I'll let you go first and list them.
1: Uh, Last year was the Rockets, number one, but I believe it's going to be the Warriors. The addition to DeMarcus Cousins is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion, and to a lot of opinions, but I think they're going to be right there, and I think the Rockets are definitely going to be the number two seed right there with them. Number three seed, I have the Utah Jazz. Uh, Joe Ingles is a beast, and so is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, they also have some good big men and Rudy Gobert that can defend the rim pretty well, and uh, Derek Favors that can rebound the ball like hell. And uh, fourth seed, I have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I think they can do better without Melo this year. They have a nice freshman in Kentucky, uh, Hamadou Diallo, that can is definitely going to have a good career in the NBA. Uh, Number five, I have the Denver Nuggets. They're young core with Jamal Murray. Will Barton just got hurt, but I think Gary Harris is going to step up. Hopefully Michael Porter Jr. could get in there too if he gets healthy. And they have Isaiah Thomas. He's hurt too, but he'll be coming off the bench. And then uh, sixth seed, I have the Pelicans. Anthony Davis is definitely an MVP candidate this year. And I believe that him and Julius Randle are a dynamic duo when it comes to, to the paint. And then 7th seed, I have the Los Angeles Lakers. Definitely they're going to make the playoffs with LeBron on the team. Their young core is very good with Kuzma and Lonzo Ball. And the additions of Rondo and uh, Stevenson are definitely going to help them also with uh, having old guys to help them out. And then the 8th seed, I have the San, San Antonio Spurs with DeMar DeRozan. I think Popovich will get them there. I think DeMar and Greg Popovich have a great... Chemistry together throughout USA basketball, so I believe they're gonna get the eight seed and sneak in there.
0: Okay, um, we disagree with a lot here. <laughs> um, the one and two seeds in the West for me stay the same uh, the Warriors and the Rockets, and then my third seed, I have the Pelicans. If people think that it's Anthony Davis' time to win MVP, which a lot of people say it's down to either him or uh, Giannis in Milwaukee, the Pelicans are obviously going to probably win a lot of games if Anthony Davis is playing at MVP level. You talked about the addition of Julius Randle, who is uh, just athletic and can do it all. Pretty much, yeah, do it all. So if Anthony Davis is going to play to that high level, um, it would translate to wins, which is why I have the Pelicans so high up. Um, A team that you don't have in your playoffs at all, but I think are going to do extremely well this year behind uh, Damian Lillard is Portland.
1: I have them at the fourth seed. Yeah, I was between the Spurs and Portland on the eighth seed really bad. I don't know. I think the West is just way too deep, and I don't know if they have the right cast they didn't make it last year did they or they did i think they did i think they were the eighth seed
0: okay well i have them at the fourth seed because <laughs> i mean he i like damon load a lot cj mccollum evan turner is on that team he's a stat stuffer um the fifth seed i have the jazz which joe ingles yeah um it's not donovan mitchell's team it's joe ingles team. team and then it's ricky rubio's team rudy gobert's team Grayson Allen's team, Derek Favors' team, then Donovan Mitchell's team. He's the sixth man on that (laughs) roster. Um, Then the sixth seed, I had the Nuggets, and you brought up Michael Porter
1: Jr. I am in
0: love with Michael Porter Jr. (laughs) I think he is going to be one of the NBA's stars in years to come. I really wish that – I understand why the Nuggets might not – bring him along as quickly as they should and rush him this year because they okay. did make the playoffs last year without him and everything like that. And they do have a young core that if they...
1: And Jokic is something else.
0: Yeah. But I mean, imagine both of them.
1: Yeah, sure. The and Paul Millsap.
0: So I understand why they wouldn't play him right away, but I would love to see him to at least get valuable playing minutes and hopefully have an impact this year on the Nuggets to get them into the playoffs and then in the playoffs if he's there. Now, you had the Lakers at seven. I had the Thunder at seven. Besides LeBron James, who's the most important Laker this
1: year? Who is? Yeah. Probably Kyle Kuzma. Uh, He can shoot it. He dropped 34, I believe, last night in a loss, unfortunately. But... I think Kyle Kuzma, he was definitely the steal of that last year's draft. Uh, he can shoot the ball. He can he can go in with a sky hook. He can rebound. He can pretty much do it all. And I think uh, he him and LeBron are going to be the main two guys on that team. Other than uh, Brandon Ingram, which is obviously going to be a, a pretty good player too.
0: I think Ingram's the second most important, just because the way. People like that follow the NBA and analysts and players talk about Ingram, the potential he has. If he can um,
1: get bigger, how they he needs to get more weight on him. I like
0: guess. sort of compare him to like Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant when he was younger. If he can just become like say half of what Kevin Durant is this year, Lakers should be in a good position for years to come. So it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. The ace seed, I originally wrote down the Spurs. So you don't have the Lakers S- making a playoff. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I'm a LeBron fan, and I want him and the Lakers to obviously make the playoffs. It's hard for me to envision either the teams of the Spurs or the Lakers not being in the playoffs, especially with just the expectations that come with LeBron and then the expectations that of greatness and just um, sustainability that the Spurs have of consistency. I mean, they bring in DeMar DeRozan, who some could argue a downgrade, upgrade, whatever from Kawhi. Um, He's been playing well all year. I'll keep it and say the Spurs make it instead of the Lakers, and that's strictly just because of
1: Popovich. I think if the Lakers make a a move before the trade deadline – like, get some shooting, because they need shooting bad. It can't just be Kuzma and Caldwell-Pope. And Caldwell-Pope hasn't really showed up in any games. So, How many games? They played three games? Yeah, but... I, mean, I think they they just need to make a move. They don't really have any shooting. Like, Josh Hart, he did show out, but he's not going to be like that every single game.
0: No, I agree. And, like, Kuzma... They need a consistent shooter. Kuzma last night, he dropped thirty four. He's not going to be that guy no. every game so that's where it runs into a bit of problems and then lebron missing two clutch free throws at the end of the game yeah. that's yeah, that was pretty big concerning all right now just want to talk about overall um, final matchups who you think is going to be in the finals um, maybe if you want to give your like conference Finals and talk about that and anything like that, you can go right ahead and do that.
1: Uh, I think in the East, it's probably going to be... I want a Boston Boston 76ers matchup, but I think it's going to be Boston-Toronto because those teams are definitely going to be the top two tier teams in the league. They're deep in pretty much every position. Uh, They're going to be well coached. And I just think they're going to come out on top. And I think Boston is going to make their way to the Eastern Conference, to the championship. And they're going to face the Warriors. And I think the Warriors are going to play the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. I think those are clearly just the main two teams, and that's what everybody wants to see, that matchup again, considering Chris Paul got hurt and the Rockets could have won that. Do you think Clint Capella can
0: cancel out DeMarcus Cousins? Mm -hmm. And, like, do you think that the way the Warriors play where they haven't had a big man, where he kind of – he does, DeMarc's cousin doesn't need plays ran through him, but, like, JaVale McGee
1: um, Like an outside year, shooter center? Or?
0: Well, th- like, JaVale McGee never was really, like – where he was last year, what was – what he was for them last year – And what he's been in his career, he's never been superstar level like DeMarcus Cousin has been. And I get that some people might point to the fact that, oh, he's taking less money and everything. He's not being selfish, all this stuff. But I think there's going to come a point where when he is healthy that he's going to sort of get tired of maybe just ten, like 12, 15 points a game when he's come from before – Being the guy, I mean, last year and a couple years ago, going to New Orleans with Anthony Davis, he kind of took a back seat, but he's probably like the fourth or fifth option on this team when everybody's healthy. Uh, I
1: think he just wants to win. I mean, he's been with two programs throughout his NBA career where he hasn't made the playoffs, really. And when the Pelicans did make the playoffs, he was hurt. So I think he just wants to win. That's why he took the low pay cut. He actually called the Warriors himself just to get signed by them. Like, no team was going after him because of his torn Achilles. So, I think he just wants to win, get that ring, and then I think, I mean, I don't want him to re-sign, but he might. They could only keep three max contracts, so it's going to be tough for the Warriors coming up in the next few years.
0: I think if you do do the three max contracts, you get... Steph, Kevin Durant, and DeMarcus. See, I would do Steph, Kevin Durant, and Clay. I would keep those three because the shooting those three have, like you're you like you're not finding that really, yeah, all true. on one team like that. You can find a guy like they won with JaVale McGee, and like that's Anderson Varejao and Zaza. Like you can that's find a guy to play five. You think and Draymond they, would want that max contract? Think he would go elsewhere? I think Draymond would realize like, holy shit, I'm not as good as what I am with them. Yeah, like because without him, chemistry. without him, I don't think without the Warriors, I don't think we talk about Draymond probably like three fourths of the much as we do. It's just him being on a team that is so good and publicized, and him, his antics for one, his—I mean, he does do a lot of hustle stats and things that people don't. stuff Yeah but I think if he went somewhere else if it wasn't on a contender and they were like the organization was like oh we're going to build around Draymond that wouldn't work like at all. So all right, so you have the Warriors Rockets. The only concern I have about the Warriors is how they bring in DeMarcus Cousins, but Steve Kerr is a hell of a coach, so I don't think it would be a huge issue for that. It would just sort of be interesting to see how that plays out um what do you think about the Rockets adding Carmelo Anthony and how that
1: affects their dynamic from what they were last year well first of all I'm not a really big on Melo at all but I think he's Carmelo washed he he was getting there when he was at OKC but I think that's when he was with Russ and Paul George because they always wanted the ball when you're with Chris Paul and James Harden, they like to dish it out as much as they like to shoot it. So I think uh, that would give up a lot of space in the open floor, and I think Melo could get his shots. Um, Chris Paul and James Harden are probably one of the best duos other than Clay and Steph. So I think, I think he could do well. I think he could average about 15 points a game this season.
0: I think a big thing that kind of goes not unnoticed but obviously when the Rockets did lose to the Warriors last year in the playoffs it was because of shooting and they kept jacking up threes and missing and missing what Carmelo brings to that is say maybe Chris Paul's in a slump for a game or P.J. Tucker God forbid James Harden is Carmelo can come in and if you allow Carmelo to be Carmelo and not force him to just space out Take threes all the time. He can go into the post and score and get you points and get you buckets, dish it out, get assists. He can do that if anybody of those guys is in a slump. So that's a thing that I think people are kind of discrediting.
1: I feel, I feel like he's more comfortable with the Rockets too. Like he's definitely going to get back in the, into the group a yeah, little bit.
0: Yeah, I 100% agree with that. So you have the Warriors Rockets and you have the Warriors moving on. Talk about your East thing. You have the Celtics, uh,
1: Celtics up. against the Raptors. I pretty much... It's going to be a close game. I think that could go to Game 7. S- uh, it's going to be a back and forth. It's going to come down to a home court advantage.
0: I think the way it like it's shaping up now, how I mentioned that the guys in Boston haven't really played an entire season together. I think, obviously, by the time the playoffs are coming around, barring any injuries... They're going to have the most depth of a team and the most guys that are able to play. And I think looking back to last year with Kyrie and Hayward out, guys like Rozier and Marcus Smart and Tatum they being, all stepped up. being able to take LeBron, and it, it was pretty much just LeBron, to a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals, it's going to help their confidence a lot, especially in what could be or more than likely be a seven-game series, again, against the Raptors. Who else on the Raptors besides Lowry, Ka- um, Kawhi, and Danny Green?
1: It, like, Van Fleet, but he's not, he doesn't start. Serge Ibaka, Giannis Valanciunas, uh, Van Fleet, uh, Pascal Siakam. See, that's my only concern. Is like they're not as deep, but with their new coach, I believe he was the assistant underneath. Um, coach got, got fired. I don't know who he is. Uh, but If
0: wins coach of the year and then gets fired, that yeah. makes a ton of sense.
1: But I believe that coach just like is wanting to spread the minutes around a lot this season because Serge Ibaka and Giannis Valanciunas like keep switching off starting positions, and he's just switching up. A lot of his young core, like O.G. Obani, I think that's his name. He came from like Indiana, I think. They're playing a lot of young guys, so I think he's just going to mess with the minutes. But like you said, I think Celtics are the deepest team in in the East. And what could happen is messing with the
0: minutes and everything could cost them a game here or there that down the stretch could mean something with home court. Um, I agree with both of your conference matchups, the Warriors and the Rockets and Boston and Toronto. Um, Every part of me wants the Raptors and the Rockets to win those two <laughs> series. I think everybody in the world wants to. But I just don't foresee it happening. I think Boston and Golden State end up winning. And then who do you have winning it all? Warriors. Well, Warriors? Unfortunately. they Pete. Yeah. In how many games? Six.
1: Six? Okay. So does that. Do you think. It's just going to be tough to play at uh, the Boston, the Garden. Do you think
0: Boston steals one on the road in Golden State? Or do you think they go back to Boston down
1: 2 0 and get games? I don't think Boston wins at Warriors. And I think Warriors get one game at the Garden. Okay.
0: What is the biggest. Matchup in that finals. Say just say everybody's healthy player wise. What do you think the biggest matchup is?
1: Jason Tatum versus Kevin Durant. Do you think Tatum can guard him? Uh, I mean, maybe it might have to be Jalen Brown on him. Jalen Brown's a pretty good defender. Either him or Marcus or Marcus Morris. Who? Okay, Um, Looney. Correct. Kevin
0: Lenny. Is a center, power forward, whatever, four. Yeah, power
1: forward. He doesn't play that much, though. I think... But he probably needs to.
0: I think a big thing that the Celtics could not expose or anything, but having multiple big guys to throw at DeMarcus Cousins... They got a lot of big guys.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They got Baines. Baines, They got Horford. Horford. But you don't want him in foul trouble. They got Daniel Theus... They have that rookie out of Texas A and Robert Williams. Mm-hmm. They got a lot of depth in, but yeah, I like you're saying. I just think the Warriors are too good and to what, six or seven. What do you think? Sweep five. Five. I think that like
0: I was saying to you that the Warriors win two in Golden State. They come back and then Boston will win. I think honestly, the Warriors would win the first one back in Boston, and then to avoid the sweep,
1: the Celtics, Celtics. would get Game Four, yeah. and then Game Five. Both of those places are really hard to win, though. Win at, like away. All right, Probably the two best atmospheres.
0: I yeah. So, Warriors, both have the Warriors win. That's fucking shocking. No way. <laughs> um, we can go down now. We'll build our way up to the MVP. Um, do you want to start with rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, or most
1: improved? Let's do most improved. Okay, you can go first because I have no idea who to look at for that. It's tough because he's suspended right now but Brandon Ingram comes to mind when I think of most improved I just think his length and his shooting ability is definitely gonna spread out this year and it's gonna blossom into something great because he's got the best player in the world with him and I think he'll just dish it out to him and he's the second man pretty much or Kuzma so okay You have Ingram. Is there anybody else that came to your mind,
0: so I can maybe get an idea who to pick?
1: Last night I told you, De'Aaron Fox. He's been showing out these past couple, these first like three or four games. But I mean, he's on the Kings, so I don't know if he can't really do that because Oladipo won last year and he was on a playoff team. So I think you have to be on a playoff team in order to like be most improved.
0: I think. I want to say Aaron Gordon for Orlando. Yeah, he's playing the, pretty well. But the point you just bring up is pretty good. Like, your team's going to need to be... In the playoffs. In the playoffs, or at least around... Or, like, over 500. Or you have to have such a great year that it's, like, it's so noticeable that you do win most... And I don't <laughs> think he's going to have a crazy year like that. But I yeah. think he has progressed... Each year in the NBA. So I'm going to say either Aaron Gordon and then a lot of people I've seen have picked Jamal Murray. And he has sort of done just
1: kind of okay. But it's only been – they've only played three games. So – Running him in at the the point has really, like, started his career. So – and
0: then, like, you said Barton. Just got out, so they're gonna need scoring and yeah, everything Jamal. like that too. So those are you picked Ingram and who else was your Aaron you? Fox. Fox? I'll throw out Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray. Um Defensive
1: Player of the Year. Uh, I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis. He didn't win it last year. Rudy Gobert did. I thought he should have won last year, and I think he'll win this year. I think Kawhi is going to
0: win it just because the NBA media has a hard-on for Kawhi Leonard and his defense, the call. even though it's not that great. He just has big hands. <laughs> um, okay, two important uh, awards that get talked about the most, the Rookie of the Year and the MVP. Who are some of your
1: candidates for Rookie of the Year and who do you ultimately think is going to win? Uh, top three candidates are Luka Doncic. From the Dallas Mavericks, uh, DeAndre Ayton's Phoenix Suns, and then Trey I'm gonna do Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks, and I ha- I have uh, Luka Doncic winning that. Uh, I just think he is an ultimate stat stuffer. I think he's actually gonna improve the organization at in Dallas. Uh, him and Dennis Smith Jr. along with DeAndre Jordan are a pretty good trio, and he can dish the ball, he can rebound, he can shoot, he can do it all, and I think he'll come out with the victory.
0: Do you think that I mean obviously this is the net, the two awards we're talking about now are like player awards all of these are mm-hmm. but how we brought up how
1: well your team, team is doing kind of factors into it like what rookie can lead a team to a playoffs?
0: Well, I don't think any of these guys like on their own single-handedly are going to lead their team to the playoffs. I would say out of those three teams though, Dallas Dallas would probably have a better chance of making it than the Hawks or the Suns. Yeah. So my thing is, would that sort of go into voters' heads sort of how I think it did last year where Simmons had the 76ers in better seating than what the Jazz did and Mitchell?
1: Yeah, I mean... First of all, Ben Simmons was on a rookie. Ben Simmons was a rookie. <laughs> it
0: was his first year he played. How uh, does that not? Sure. How does that not make you a rookie? in your first year that you played.
1: He was technically on the that, roster for two years. That
0: doesn't mean any. He hasn't <laughs> played in a game
1: though. <laughs> well, I thought Donovan Mitchell had a better year, but the I mean, it definitely league. goes into factor if your team's like doing well. Like you want, like you think that you gotta be a candidate if you're gonna. Take your team somewhere. And my thing is, I think Trey Young down
0: in Atlanta, they're kind of gonna just throw him into the fire and be like, "Do whatever the fuck you want to do." Yeah, this is our downgrade year. Yeah, like it doesn't really matter. So I think like he had what he had thirty five points or something. Yeah, against
1: Cleveland. Against Cleveland. Oh, Colin Sexton, we got to bring him up. Uh, he's good. I just don't think he'll win because he's not even starting valid.
0: I like I, said, I think Trey Young, they're just going to be like, alright, go do your thing, whatever. Yeah. Ball out. I think he's going to, yeah, but there's going to be games where he is just not on, mm-hmm. and the 40-foot three-pointers aren't going to go in. Shooting percentage is going to go down. Three-point percentage is going to go down. Plus-minus is going to go down, and I think that's going to affect numbers later on in the year where people are just going to look at Three point percentage, everything like that. Yeah, near the end and, and maybe. Yeah, took them He had a lot of those in Oklahoma. To compare, like at the end of the year, how they did with Donovan and Simmons. Oh, so see, who, are, who are you? Your top three. And then winner. Um, I think that Luke. How do you say his Adana? Adana. I'd say Doncic. okay. Luke know. is definitely gonna be in there. Luca. I don't think
1: Aiton is going to be in there. I just don't. He's a double-double machine. If he can stay healthy, I guess. I mean, he seems like that type of player that might get hurt. I think Trey Young will be in there. And then I'm trying to think of Jaron Jackson Jr. On the Grizzlies? Mm-hmm. He's good. Or Mo
0: Bamba. <laughs> I don't think Mo Bamba.
1: Mo Bamba had 13 Marvin points Bagley. in his first game. Marvin Bagley, uh, Kevin Knox. He just got hurt. The only
0: thing that worries me about Bagley is he's on the Kings, and the Kings already have Willie Cauley Stein like, and Scalabisier. here. S- yeah, two guys sort of at his. Zach position. Randolph. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, you know, I'll throw an Aiton. That's fine. I'm. Aiden. I'm alright So the same that. three. I'm and then
1: fine. Hey, who wins? Um. Yeah, Luca.
0: No, I'll take Trey Young just because I think... He's just going to put a
1: lot they're of gonna, points
0: up. Yeah, he's going to put a lot of points. And he does get, dish out assists as well and everything. And hopefully the voters don't look and read too much into how good the team is outside of just the one player. Um, all right, MVP. You can do the three candidates again
1: and then... Who your winner is? Uh, Anthony Davis, Yontes, Antetokounmpo, and LeBron. And I think Giannis is going to win. His uh, first three games, and he's already averaging about 15 or 16 rebounds and like 30 points a game. I think he's the ultimate stat stuffer. He can do it about, about just everything. And this year, he's actually shot more threes than he's ever shot in his career. So I think if he can get that down this year and work on free throws and everything else I think he'll come out on top especially if he's putting up the numbers he's still doing
0: Giannis started out hot last year and had buzz to him and sort of cooled down um I got AD Giannis and then I don't think LeBron is gonna be in the top three I'd say probably a James Harden again and i think that ad wins it i just don't i mean obviously if you were gonna go back and look at who the most valuable player is just by definition it is lebron pretty much yeah every every year
1: but (laughs) as much uh, as i want ad to win i just think Giannis. this is probably his year i don't know i just i want ad to win how how many mvps does anthony davis finish with in his career two two Yeah, I think he if he doesn't get it this year, then he'll get it next year.
0: What would he have to do, I mean, outside of, like, obviously, yeah, averaging better stats. But, like, what
1: would be his, like... What he needs to do. Yeah, to probably beat Giannis. Throw out more assists, I guess. I don't know. Well,
0: I think the... Like, not the problem... But Giannis is sort of, like, runs the offense in Milwaukee. Mm. Anthony Davis is sort of just the vocal point, but he's not... Yeah, give the ball to him. Yeah, he's not running the offense. Um, I think it's going to be
1: a tight race.
0: I'll just, for difference, I'll say AD AD wins it. And I think... Was it Paul Pierce that said Steph Curry
1: was gonna win the MVP? Steph Curry is balling out in these first three games, but I don't think I don't, think I don't with him with Kevin Durant on his team. I don't think he'll ever. Be I don't. Like yeah, I don't game. think they're gonna ever give it to any of those guys ever again, yeah. unless they separate or something.
0: All right, so Warriors win it all. Anthony Davis and or Giannis. Are the MVPs, is there anything else you want to ask or talk about before you get out of here and finish talking about the NBA? What are your thoughts about that fight? Oh, my goodness. All right, I was joking about this with um, you and Karam, the roommate, when we were watching this last night. But LeBron, if you look at the video, he didn't go and get his guy. He got the banana boat brother. He got Chris Paul out of there. He, um, and also last night, Kuzma got a rebound and had Lonzo on one wing and LeBron on the other wing, and who did, he looked at LeBron and then passed it to Lonzo. There are already cracks in this LeBron Lakers team, and it started with him getting Chris Paul – um, rather than getting Rondo or Ingram, and it just continued to manifest. That's something to keep your eye on. Guys should have been suspended way longer, way longer. than they were. I don't understand how you can get suspended. It was two games. Chris, for, Chris
1: Paul got two games.
0: Chris Paul. Rondo got three, and Brandon Ingram got four. And Brandon Ingram had no idea what was. He was totally away from the incident and just runs in without knowing, like what was really going on, and just started throwing haymakers. Chris Paul did get fined 400 Yeah, but that's that, like a penny to him. That's probably like <laughs> a monthly payment on his
1: house in the woodlands in Texas. I think, Wait, I think all players should have got at least five games. I'm, Brandon Ingram a little bit more.
0: I'm saying Ingram at least ten games. And I'm saying Rondo, for actually throwing a punch, I'd say like eight games. Chris Paul put his fingers in his eye sockets. Okay, we will give him five. <laughs> he was merely pointing at him, and then Rondo was ran his face into the fingers, they've, and they've Rondo had,
1: allegedly spit on him. They've had their goings. On these. Yeah, for a while yeah. now, apparently, yeah, since like. The Pelican, like since he was on the Hornets, I think.
0: Is Chris Paul a dirty player? Or are we all just fooled and uh, he did is you see, convinced did you see what us? Big
1: Baby Davis said. Uh-uh. He said he's a, he's a bad teammate. He's like I pelleted with both of these guys. Chris Paul's a terrible teammate.
0: See, <laughs> I don't think LeBron hangs out would hang out with a shitty person.
1: No. I.e., Chris Paul. He's been on maybe fam- Chris ba- Banana Boat. Chris Paul is different from basketball. Chris. Paul. Uh, that's
0: understandable. <laughs> I'm. Okay, here, since we're talking about the banana boat, would you ever want to see the banana boat crew just be, be like, on the same team <laughs> Be like, fuck it. Let's just, our last, like, two years, none of us care anymore. Well, we Dwayne, just want to Dwayne play.
1: Last what shit.
0: if Dwayne Wade comes out of retirement Can't. for it? That'd be or cool. what if he just <laughs> recruited them all to Miami and was like, listen, we got banana boats every day of the week if we want
1: it. Would There's you a, be for that? That would be cool. Or after they all retire, they could join the the big three. Basketball tournament. Kobe's doing that next yeah, year, isn't he? I think so. Kobe's never gonna retire. Who's
0: the better Laker? Well, as of now, Kobe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All time, who do you think would be the
1: better La- The best. I the mean, best Laker. Kobe played for the Lakers his entire career, mm-hmm. like twenty seasons. LeBron's gonna play for five more seasons, maybe. So. How many Kobe. more championships does LeBron get the Lakers? or just if they can,
0: or LeBron
1: in general cuz I still think I think LeBron gets one more. One more? I mean, he like I bet his mind isn't going to let him retire with two rings or three rings. So four. I think he That's a fine, fine. I think he that. wants a four. I mean, if he can get like AD or Kawhi or Boogie or somebody in this offseason or before the trade trade deadline, I think they could make some noise. I mean, ideally it's going it, to be really hard to beat the Warriors or the Rockets, but Ideally, who would you want
0: to add to the Lakers if Anthony you, Davis? they've said that they're not gonna trade him for even Beyonce, so like <laughs>
1: He did sign the same sports agency as LeBron. That means that means nothing. <laughs> uh, I mean, out of all those three players the only one I can see the most is probably Boogie. I don't think I feel like Kawhi's happy in Toronto. He's like finally- I think he's gonna stay in Toronto. He signs a five year contract with him or like for like a hundred and eighty million or something.
0: Toronto probably isn't that fun though.
1: That's but Kawhi's that not thing. that fun, so <laughs> it's fine. Maybe he yeah, maybe he enjoys it. Alright. So
0: you got anything else? You can say anything you want. You can get your message across here for the upcoming season or years to come. You can- not we can end this right here we can end it right now if you really want to if you have anything else i got nothing right now to come off but we can do something like this when the season actually starts christmas day we can go back and revisit some of these things and talk about where things are and then maybe like all-star break and then right before the playoffs we can look at these sort of things. Yeah, I, find I, feel, I feel like a lot of opinions could be changed and that and that. Alright, well I'm gonna keep this sheet that we have and we'll go back and look and see everything. Thank you for being on. Hope Thank you. you enjoyed it. And like I said, he'll be back on sooner or later on to Carson Sack. That was talking NBA basketball. We are now going to move on to college football. Okay, the first thing we need to talk about in college football, just gonna get it. Out of the way because I'm already sick of hearing about it, everything. Ohio State lost to Purdue on the road pretty badly. Ohio State has not looked like a traditional Ohio State team should. What fans and I have come accustomed to with Ohio State is a complimentary quarterback um, that is okay at passing, but a fantastic runner and a great running game and a... Very, very good defense. What this Ohio State team is, is we're going to try and throw the ball everywhere, put up as many points as we can because our defense, especially the back seven, counting the linebackers and secondary, are not that great. And hopefully we can score more points than you. And hopefully we can uh, bend and not break. That's not Ohio State football. I'm not totally giving up on this team whatsoever at all. There are some ways to improve, and I think they easily can do that. Um, Jeff Brom did a great job. He went – I don't know what station he was on or anything like that, but I saw some quotes that an Ohio State beat writer was uh, retweeting from the interview, and Brom did a good job of breaking down his philosophy of how – he attacked Ohio State's defense and everything like that, and it clearly worked. Um, I think Ohio State, they're not stupid. They're going to probably look and see what they did. And if everyone is sort of kind of given up on the coaches, um, the uh, assistant coaches and position coaches, I'm not. They're good enough. If they can make the right corrections, this team is talented enough and deep enough to still make noise when it comes to the college football playoff. They still have a chance to win the Big Ten. If they win out, they do that, which I'm still, like I said, I'm not giving up on Ohio State, but um, definitely need to do some soul searching. I think this bye week is going to be huge for them as a team and especially with the staff as well. I think that's going to be huge for them to hopefully get their minds right, figure out what they're doing wrong, but need to talk about that. They jumped all the way down to 11th in the country. Okay, understandable. I did say, though, that they were going to win, but I was extremely cautious and worried about the game. So hats off to Purdue, and they definitely were the better team that night. Continuing on with teams that mean a little bit more to me. Um, Kentucky last week beat Vanderbilt 14-7. I predicted a close game. did not think it was going to be that close. It was ugly. Terry Wilson only completed three passes. One was for a touchdown, though. What I think is, I understand why Stoops is looking to do this, but I actually hate it. Um, he has talked about maybe putting in uh, Gunnar Hoke if the offense is not passing it as well. You've won six games with your current quarterback and running back situation and how everything's playing. And I get you could add a whole new dynamic to this team with uh, adding passing, but you also take away a huge threat on the ground with Terry Wilson who in – The Florida game was a lot more than just okay throwing the ball. He was very, very good. I don't think with probably your two biggest games, if you win this week at Missouri and then you host Georgia and the winner of that more than likely wins the SEC East. So yeah, your two biggest games they potentially could be. You want to introduce a quarterback controversy and a quarterback competition. That's not something I would do as a coach, but I'm not a college football coach. Uh, Stoops is, and we're going to have to trust him as Kentucky fans. That is a huge, huge game, as I said, in Missouri. Um, Drew Locke out there for Missouri is ridiculous at quarterback, has... Almost 2,000 yards through the air, 16 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Um, The matchup is going to be our front seven getting pressure on Locke and sort of putting them in obvious passing situations where our secondary can step up and make plays if it's necessary. And Josh Allen having a huge game, which I think he's going to need to do. Benny is obviously going to have to huge get, have a huge game. I would love to see Terry Wilson get a couple touchdown passes this week. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'll say it. Terry Wilson is going to have around 187 yards passing and two touchdowns this week. Yeah, I said it. And I think the Cats... Somehow get it done in Missouri and set up a huge matchup in two weeks against the Georgia Bulldogs. Moving on to another, speaking of the Bulldogs, a huge matchup. You have Georgia going up against Florida in Jacksonville this coming week. Georgia 7th in the country. Florida ninth in the country. Florida is a better team than what people are as a, here, let me rephrase that. As Kentucky fans, we sort of think, oh, we beat them. They're not really that good. But they, they kind of are. They actually kind of are. Um, they beat LSU. They beat Mississippi State. Two top 25 wins. LSU, they only lost one year. LSU's fifth in the country. Georgia lost LSU. I like Georgia in this one. I just... For some, it's a seven-point spread, too. Um, Fromm has sort of been inconsistent at quarterback for Georgia, but I just think Georgia in this game just has too much going for them. I'll take the Bulldogs in that one. A big matchup in the Big Ten. You have the 18th-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes, 6-1 on the year, going to Penn State. If it wasn't in Penn State, I'd take Iowa, but I just think the home field advantage is going to be too much, and I think James Franklin is going to have the Nittany Lions ready to play and come out. It'll be a good game. It was a great game last year. Um, it was, I think, number two or four on ESPN's top 25 games from last year. It came down to the wire, but I just think that Penn State gets it done in this one. I'm a big believer in Iowa. I like them a lot, but just not in this game. Looking down the schedule even more, there's a big Pac-12 matchup between Washington State and Stanford. I like Washington. Ooh, I changed my mind. I'm going to go with Stanford. Washington State, I think they're going to have a little bit of hangover after last week and all the emotion, game day being there against Oregon. Um... And I think Stanford wins that game and gets a big win in the Pac-12 race. My upset of the week, Texas goes to Oklahoma State. I like Oklahoma State. I'm still not sold on Texas. They had one good win against Oklahoma. That is it. They lost to frickin' um, Maryland the first game of the year. Maryland's not that good. Not at all. Then they beat Oklahoma. Great. You won by three. And then at the time, they beat TCU, who was 17th in the country. No. And then at the time, they beat 22nd-ranked USC. They're Neither of those teams are ranked. And they barely beat Baylor at Texas. I just think Oklahoma State and their quarterback with Cornelius has 2,014 yards 16 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, and they also have Hill at running back who on only 112 carries has 684 yards and 7 touchdowns. Um, Texas is getting uh, Ellinger back from injury, which is going to help their chances a lot in this game. He hasn't turned over the ball a lot this year, only 2 interceptions, but I think it being at Oklahoma State is the big kicker here, and I'll take Oklahoma State in that one. Oh, here's a game that we should talk about. Um, USF, 21st in the country going to Houston. People aren't really sold on USF this year. Um, They lost Flowers, their dynamic quarterback, last year. Um, Could be a statement game for them if they do end up winning I'll take Charlie Chong and the Bulls. I'll take them. I think that they have what it takes to get it done against Houston on the road, 3.30 p.m. on ABC against Houston. So I'll take that. Um, it's going to be a big game for Ed Oliver as well. Um, he has now entered the Heisman race as a defensive player. Took Nick Bosa's spot. You're welcome. But it'll be good for his draft stock so people at national level can get some eyes on him. But I think in the end, USF wins that game um Baylor goes to West Virginia I think West Virginia takes care of them in that and then oh I also want to talk about this what the hell was UCF doing benching Milton this week against ECU I admittedly I took I took the Knights ECU not that great UCF hasn't lost a game in forever. Why did they bench him? I don't understand. It's mind blowing to me. He hasn't he hasn't, lo- he hasn't lost hasn't lost a lost game and yet. They said, "Oh fuck it, we're gonna put this guy in," and he did not do good at all. He kept ECU in the game. Granted, Eastern Carolina did play a good game, hard fuck game, but. You gotta put Milton back in. He had a chance to be invited to New York. He was putting up great numbers, and they kind of just screwed him out of that. Um more games to look at. We could talk. I'll talk about this, I guess, since it's local and everything. Wake Forest plays Louisville. Tickets for that on SeatGeek are seven dollars. So you can go to that game if you'd like. If you have seven dollars. Literally, a meal at McDonald's for me cost more than $7. So you could go to a Louisville football game for $7. Um, Bobby Pacino's seat is hot. It is literally an inferno. It is on fire. And this is sort of one of their last games that you could say, oh, they they could win this because they go to Clemson next week, it's just not looking good for the Cardinals. Um, Wisconsin goes to Northwestern. Going to be a close game, but I'll take Wisconsin. Um, let's take some other. TCU, 3-4 and four on the year, goes to Kansas. TCU has fallen apart. I'll take TCU in that game, though. Some other games to look at. Cincinnati has a big game at SMU. Cincinnati coming off their first loss of the year to Temple. It was in Philadelphia at the Eagle Stadium. Um, They were in it all the way to the very end. The game went to overtime, but they just couldn't get it done. Big rebound game for Cincinnati, and I think this game, how they respond to that loss last week is going to determine how the rest of their season goes. Texas A&M goes to Mississippi State. I like Mississippi State in that one. North Carolina State goes to Syracuse. Syracuse is not a bad team by any means, and it's at Syracuse. I'll take Syracuse in that one. I think North Carolina State still reeling a little bit from last week's loss. And then that's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to talk about for college football. That recapped and look back and look forward to what is going on so far in last week and this week of college football. All right, we move now on to NFL. I'm going to do sort of – it's a longer episode. I'm going to do some quick things here. Uh, The Thursday night game is the Dolphins against the Texans. The Texans have won four in a row. It's a huge game for both of these teams um, in the AFC playoff picture. Texans are probably going to win the South, barring – Any huge developments with Blake Bortles down in Jacksonville. Um, The Dolphins probably going to need a wild card of some sorts because the Patriots are starting to look like the Patriots again. I like the Texans in this one on Thursday night. I just think Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins and Lamar Miller got 100 yards rushing. If he can develop a running game um, down there in Houston, take some pressure off of. The passing game, which it's pretty much just been the Deshaun Watson, John Hopkins show down there on offense for them. If he can develop at all, that'd be great for them and that team. So I'll take the Texans in that one. Uh, The Browns go to the Steelers. Steelers coming off the bye week. Le'Veon Bell has still yet to report. I'll take the Steelers in this one. In a close game, the spread's 8.5. I think it's going to be much closer than that. And what I think is going to be a huge game that could alter the season for either of these teams. Whichever one loses, I think, is in a lot of trouble. You have the defending Super Bowl champion Eagles going up against the Jaguars. Like I said, Blake Bortles got benched for Cody Kessler, and holy shit, Cody Kessler is bad. That's I don't understand how you justify that as a coach at all to bench Blake Bortles, a guy that almost got you to the Super Bowl for Cody Kessler, but um Peterson for the Eagles said the head coach said that oh the pressure's off of them now. no 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 no. Um, the pressure is solely on you all. I think the Eagles at at least two teams are more equipped to rebound. They are clearly missing Jgi um last week in the fourth quarter when they gave up um, and let the Panthers come back from 17 points down and win. They didn't run a run play at all in the fourth quarter. J.J. Um, and Garrett Blunt last year were those two guys for them. And Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood just aren't getting it done. For the Eagles in the run game, like I said, I think the Eagles are more equipped to rebound and salvage maybe a playoff spot than the Jaguars are. I'll take the Eagles in this one just because of Carson Wentz and the question marks surrounding Blake Bortles and the rest of the offense in Jacksonville then we have the Broncos Chiefs it's a big game for the Broncos but I just don't foresee them beating the Chiefs and how well Patrick Mahomes is playing the Redskins face the Giants the Redskins are your NFC East leaders at four and two I like the Redskins in this one it was encouraging though to see it was against the Falcons a shitty defense but Eli Manning was getting the ball downfield something to keep an eye on but I'll take the Redskins and that one. Ooh, I changed my mind. On the spot, I'm changing my mind. I'm going with the Giants. Seahawks and the Lions, another big game. Both of these teams sitting at 3-3. Three three. The Lions making a little bit of noise. Seahawks coming off their bye week. I'll take the Seahawks in this one. Buccaneers and Bengals. Bengals have two terrible losses. What would you How would you rather lose? A heartbreaker like they lost to Pittsburgh two weeks ago or just flat out getting outplayed and blown out last week on Sunday Night Football against the Chiefs. I don't know. But I do think they rebound and get the win against the Buccaneers who just had a hard-fought game against the Browns this last week. The Jets go to the Bears. Two teams that we can ask ourselves, are they really good like are, are they or are they just kind of like did they fool us a little bit um I think the Bears actually are good and I think the Jets are fooling us a little bit um I think Todd Bowles is a hell of a coach though and that is why they are the record they have um but I like the Bears in this one and what is probably going to be the game of the week a low scoring defensive battle I'm almost positive for but the Ravens at the Panthers I'll take the Panthers in this one I think they're going to keep momentum rolling and they got a bit of a swagger and Cam Newton with swagger is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL um, I'll take the Panthers over the Ravens in what I think is going to be the game of the week you have the Packers going to the Rams as well um, I'll take the Rams in that one I just think their defense is going to show up and make enough plays to slow down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense, and the Rams move to 8-0. Saints-Vikings on Sunday night, that's a big, big, big matchup in the NFC. I I still think the Vikings are the second best team in the NFC, so I'm going to take the Vikings in this one. I just think that I just think that New Orleans' defense is nowhere near as good as it should be, and Kirk Cousins is going to earn some of the money that he got paid this week, and he's going to go off and have a big game and lead the Vikings to win on Sunday night against the Saints. And then the Bills host the Patriots on Monday night. Um, last year on Monday on a Monday night, um, the Patriots went to the Dolphins and lost. So, and nobody thought they were going to lose that game. So maybe this could be that game. Probably not. So I'm going to go with the Patriots uh, to roll over the Bills in uh, big fashion. And that is going to do it for the NFL this week. I know it was a little bit shorter than anticipated, but the NBA talk went long and I just needed to touch on the NFL a little bit. Now, to wrap up this show, I'm going to talk about the World Series. Tonight, like I said, I'm doing the 9 for 9, 9 challenge, 9 beers, 9 hot dogs, in 9 innings of baseball. I'll let you all know how that goes next week. But tonight, it's Clayton Kershaw going up against Chris Sale. Huge pitching matchup, as always, is the first game of the World Series. Overall, I do think the Red Sox have a better team. Oh, God, I really hate to do this, but I think the Red Sox are going to win the World Series. Um, I would much rather have the Dodgers win, but I just, like I said, I think the Red Sox with J.D. Martinez and with Mookie Betts and with uh, Bogarts and Kinsler and Jackie Bradley Jr. and all these other guys that the Red Sox have, and I mean, not to scoff at what the Dodgers have. I mean, Turner, uh, Machado, Kemp, Puig. I think, yes, I think that if the Dodgers do win, Puig is your MVP because he can add so much and so much the way he plays with so much passion and hustle and effort. and He's kind of an idiot. Um, his emotions do get the better of him sometimes. But when he is on, on, he is on. And he is normally on in the big stages. And there is no bigger stage than the World Series. So that's my bold prediction, I guess, is that if the Dodgers were to win, Yasiel Puig is the MVP for the Dodgers in this entire series. Um, I just don't foresee it happening. It's going to be interesting to see how uh, Roberts for... The manager for the Dodgers, a uh, pivotal part in the Red Sox coming back from 03 in the 2000... Oh my goodness, my door just slammed shut. There's a ghost in here. Um, No, but Roberts, a huge part of the Red Sox coming back from 03 in 2004 against the Yankees. Had the stolen base in Game 4 in uh, Boston. Interesting to see how he's going to be received as coming in now as the opposing team's manager in such a huge, huge thing like the World Series. Tonight, my prediction, I will take the Dodgers. I think maybe they touch up Chris Sale a little bit and Grimble, the reliever for... um, Boston has just been a little too sketchy for my liking. But overall, I do think the Red Sox are your 2018 World Series champions. And that is going to do it for this 40th episode of Carson Sack Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, That's all I got. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I've been doing put a lot of work into this episode since it was a round number 40th big edition so thank you as always for listening to Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls like rate review subscribe on iTunes retweet it show it to your friend. show it to your family anything just get it circulating as always always as as always as we end here on Carson Sack Podcast where we talk balls we will be seeing